4: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news.
1: Oh, I'm so excited about today to have my friends back. You know, my life has been so chaotic this summer. And, you know, maybe you've gone through a lot this summer I don't think that things were necessarily bad per se, but to the busy to the point where I literally didn't see some of my best friends all summer long, and they're like messaging me like, what's going on? And we bought a house, we sold a house, I did a lot of the moving myself, my husband's company went public, so then then he had to leave because his cousin slash more like little brother uh, got cancer, and so we had to leave a couple days before we closed, and then I'm there with a the trailer and my 11-year-old thinking, how do I finish this by myself? I, I'm a lot stronger, by the way, than I thought I was. and <laughs> Uh, and then we had to go back for my, his 38 year old cousin's funeral and and the the kids are uh, six and nine and they're they're. What, I want to talk to you all about what happened that I was a little bit shocked by. So, um, uh, um, my homies are here Beatrice Bruno, <laughs> the drill sergeant of life, and Donna Hetzler, both auth- authors and speakers. But my longtime friend, Pam Randall, is here. And Pam and I met at the bunt shop that she opened in Castle Pines, Colorado, way back when I lived there. And so, when my kids were just babies, and she and I've kept in touch from time to time, if I'm in her neck of the woods in Cherry Creek, where she opened as well, uh, I go in there. Uh, is that what they call that neighborhood?
2: Cherry Hills, Cherry Hills, yeah, Cherry yes. Hills It's, it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Cherry Hills
1: Marketplace is gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Lots of people going. Yes. lots desserts, of good restaurants.
2: Yes. Trader Joe's is there, so. Well,
1: yeah. I've been your biggest fan, pretty much. Well, you must have loved it when Trader Joe's opened right down the street from you. We Cause did. It, yeah, because yeah. I go to Trader Joe's and and uh, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you you're yeah, that's kind of like a. Yeah, double we kind of go hand
2: in hand. You go exactly. to Trader Joe's and you grab a Starbucks and you go to the bun shop. Yes. So, yeah. And my son
1: in June asked me for one of your cakes, so when you asked to come in, I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity, because he wanted your cake, but my summer's been insane. To get even over like half an hour away from me was like, you know, difficult, but so neat, because we bonded right away when we met. I was your biggest fan. Your cakes are the best thing I've ever tasted in my entire life, And, um, and I didn't know you were a Christian at the time, and then over time... Figured out you were a Christian, but we just grabbed, we just bonded right away. Yep.
2: Sisters in Christ. Yes, yeah, sisters oh, in Christ. Yeah. Yay.
1: <laughs> okay, so here's the thing that happened uh, at the funeral. So, Sean, firefighter 38, very loved. Mm. I mean, you couldn't find a person that didn't like him because. He never said anything bad about anyone. He never had an ill word for anyone, and he had a great sense of humor. He'd always laugh at my jokes. I love people who laugh at my jokes. (laughs) That's always a positive. Yeah, and I remember once, one of the last times I saw him, uh, his uh, wife and I uh, got along well, and she's real extroverted, Italian, and real over the top, and you know, and uh, I I just liked her, and she was going through something, and I said to him, "You know, I'm praying for you guys, and I want you to know because." when you marry into families, it's bumpy sometimes. And I don't know that it was always easy for her. And I said to him, um, you know, I'm praying for her. I'm praying for you guys. Um, and this is before he got sick again. And he looked me right dead in the eye and he said, I always know that, you, that you're praying for us and that you're like on our side, that you've got us. Yes. And that meant so much to me because right. he got it that I was there for him and his wife yeah. in a different way. Like that I w- there was no bias. They weren't coming into my family that I unconditionally loved them. And she also is a person of faith, and he is too. And so that also was a nice bonding thing that we had. So every, every holiday you know, was all together. You know, those, those nine little cousins and then uh, the, the, the two sisters. So Mark's mom and his sister lost their dad in the line of duty as a police officer way back in the day. Um, in the 50s, I believe it was, um, when they were um, nine and, uh, and six. Okay. And now the girls, the granddaughters, have lost their father, who was a mm-hmm. firefighter, nine and six. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that really blew me away. It was complicated at the last minute to buy these five tickets and make all these arrangements and get the rental car and get a hotel. And as I was doing it, my husband said something, and then I'm like, well, do you want to go alone? And our motto is we always go as a family, that we're a family, that we're not going to get split up during these things, that we're there to comfort as a family, we're there to grieve as a family. So my son ended up being so uh, comforting to Sean's mom, we call her Uncle Nor because when Riley was a baby, he didn't know it was Aunt Lenore, so she's always been Uncle Nor. She signs her cards Uncle Nor, That's you know. Too much. And so Uncle oh Nor God. said That's Riley. Awesome. He and I, I would see him walk over to her. She'd go up to the casket. He'd go up to the casket, kneel, and put his arm around her and say, "I love you, Uncle Nor." And he was like just there for her. So she said to um, the grandparents and and us, she said, can I tell you guys how Riley's been there for me like every turn when I needed a hug or when I needed. And he's just going into sixth grade. He's still a little kid. And Hope's always had that ability to, if someone's crying, she comes right up to them and she's not intimidated by their grief. Mm-hmm. So I was a little taken aback that he was so good at that. And he was really good with the daughters, you know, his cousins saying, you know, I'm here for you if you want to talk. And I know you're sad about your dad. And Taylor said, you know, dad was my best friend. Taylor's uh, going to turn 10 in the fall. My daddy was my best friend. And... Um, we're gonna get through this um, uh, together, cause that's what Daddy would have wanted. That's what Daddy oh, wanted wow. us to do. Oh, hey, wow! Yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. I know it was tough.
5: That's awesome. But you know, that's when you see kids um, come into themselves yeah. in, in situations like that. And they need to see how we do it, how we they do? Mm-hmm. They do. And, you know, a lot of families, I, I remember as a child, you couldn't even go into the hospital when somebody was passing away because you had to be 12 and older.
1: Really? So you couldn't see by? Yes, when my
5: granddaddy oh, passed away. And I, I, I'm i telling you, it affected him. me. It I changed did. your life. Yes, it really wanted, did. you
1: wanted God to take her, yeah. her Grandma. Yes, I did. Because she was so mean to you.
5: Yes, yes. And so when he was passing away, I remember Mama saying to me, um, He's not going to make it. And I'm like, he's not going to make what? You know? And she said, he's going to die. What you mean he's going to die? I want to see him. No, you're too young to go see him. And that broke my heart because... I would never see this man that loved me. I mean, he taught me to drive when I was nine years old. Oh, okay. Oh he was—I was thirteen when he passed away. But he was your
1: favorite, and you were his favorite. Yes,
5: absolutely. And so, when a child sees us going through that yeah. in, in times of grief,
1: yeah, that's being there when for they each start, other,
5: yes, they pick up stuff. Because a lot of us. people
1: avoid grief. Yes. I mean, I before my brother was murdered, I didn't know what to say to people or how to approach them, and it was more avoidance because I couldn't understand their pain.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to we have to um, hone those little minds because when they see us go through, then they can help somebody else and they can help themselves as well. So I, I'm glad that Riley was able to help Uncle Nor. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Nor. Nor. That, that's <laughs> yeah. just that's awesome she because he, she needed that. Yeah. But he needed that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. That's good. How tenderhearted they are. Your grandma, uh, Grandma Pam. It's hard to believe she's a grandma, yeah. Six.
2: Do you see your kids already be six now? We have six, yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Nine down to age four months. And oh, so wow. do you
1: see a lot of um, ability to empathize in them and that ability? I think Christian kids, too, do get it a little bit. I really do. I think that they have a sense of that. Jesus is forgiving, Jesus is comforting, and that they, they come by that maybe a little easier than kids right. that, you know, aren't. Yeah, a,
2: kids are definitely very forgiving. And, um, you know, just the example that you guys set with um, your family joining together in those moments and having that motto, you know, the family, we do this together, we right. grieve together, it's the good and the bad. Right. So you guys have set that foundation for them to, um, you know, begin growing in that area themselves. So
1: you know, it meant a lot to me, too, is, um, Chrissy, who's the wife, she's just you know 37, and her mom's in her 50s, and her grandmother is in her 70s, and so we went. The great grandparents is what they are to the little kids. They were at the carnival, and we said, oh well, we'll meet the kids too. It might be a good distraction for, and my and our kids wanted to go. And the great grandmother uh, of the little girl said, uh, I just uh, you know Chris, I'm so glad I finally you know got to meet you. Chrissy said how how. You know, good you've been to her, and her mom said the same thing, and it kind of took me aback that Chrissy, in her time of grief, had expressed to her own family, her blood family, that me, the outside cousin, had been there for her, and we're, you know we'd share Christian songs that might be comforting or thoughts about Sean, and you know um, I just was surprised. It made me feel good that it made her feel good right enough so that she told yeah. them I was a little taken aback that they knew exactly who I was t- to her mm-hmm. and that I'd been there for her and I'm across the country it just shows that if you care you can reach out to somebody and we're all busy and just make the time to take that call or do something special or send something you know, yes. special or a video you think might be helpful to them. You know, it does matter to them. Or it even does. just a
6: text, you know, I'm yeah. thinking of you, yeah. makes such a difference. In the Jericho Girls, we um, there's three of us that text weekly. Oh, so one's on Monday, I'm on Wednesday, the other one's on Friday, and it's always something inspirational. And then we end with, how can I pray for you today? Aww. And we know when we see that, that that's our signal. To pray right then and there because we are busy, you know. If you think oh, I'll pray about it later. Michelle calls them popcorn prayers.
1: Michelle yes, yeah, yes, she's right. like, I saw something going on there. I threw up a popcorn prayer. Throw those popcorn prayers out there. People love them. <laughs> and the Lord is listening i to the popcorn prayers. Everyone loves popcorn. <laughs> she's so funny. She that's is. what she does. It's like Amen. you stop what you're doing and, and just do your say popcorn it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And let's um we've got a good news story and I want to do that, but I want to touch on your blog. Um we're all women. Pam Randall um, is new to our group, and uh, hopefully she'll be coming back to do some more good news with us. And I met her through her uh, business, the Bunt Shop, that she started with uh, at the time uh, a, a relative. And then uh, Beatrice is an author, speaker, traveling a ton now. And Donna, author, speaker, she's a nonprofit, the Jericho Girls, to build women up and bring them together in Christ, and also real estate agent. So, um, in in what you do, you have a license plate, Donna, yes. that has your name. Well the name of your nonprofit
6: yes yes Jericho it says on there and then the the frame says Jericho girls and I get a lot of comments about it Uh, last year I was at a Christian conference and one of the ladies uh, came up to me and she said, strangest thing, I was praying about starting a Jericho Girls because I really believe in connecting women and what you're doing and what have you. And she, I was arguing with God about it. And she said, then I saw your license plate and I was like, okay, Whoa. Lord, I'm going to do the Jericho <laughs> Girls. And same thing, um, this week I was in um, the grocery store and the stranger comes up to me, we're passing in the aisle and she says, has anybody just come up to you out of the blue (laughs) and, um, ask you about Jericho Girls because I was following you. I saw your license plate and then I had to stop, Google what Jericho Girls is and I think that's really cool. So I was telling my son, I've got to talk to her in the grocery store and she had a 15-year-old son and her son's like, Mom, please don't talk to her. I will be so embarrassed. Oh, how
1: funny. Yes. But he tried to talk her out of it. Yes, oh, he's yeah, trying to Teenagers talk. hate yes, that. I know.
6: So I said, where's your son? I'm going to go tell him how cool you are. And so we, we just got to talking and it was just great that she 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 was really moved by what we do with Jericho Girls and connecting women and just building one another up. And Beatrice and I have been talking about how we are meant to unify one another and to um, fortify and to do life together, to encourage one another with our businesses. You know, we we get in this idea, this wrong mindset that God has a limited set Mm of of blessings or blessing pie for us. And so we fight or squabble over those pieces. But you see, God's in the pie making business. He, he does bun cakes too. He does, too. <laughs> <laughs> And he just makes more, you know. There's not a limited supply of what we can do for him or jobs that are available or ministries that we can do. He just makes more. And so that's what Jericho Girls is all about. But it was really neat to get encouraged by a lady who just saw my license plate. That and, is really uh, cool. she really encouraged me.
1: All right. Well, you know, a lot of us uh, are busy moms and grandmas. Uh, Beatrice, you've got four kids. Uh, 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 Pam, you have how many kids? Three kids. Three kids and the six grandkids now. Mm -hmm. I've got three kids. And I have to tell you, Dawn, I saw the funniest thing the other day and it was husky mom do you have that oh shirt? yes
5: uh-huh. okay okay don't judge me <laughs> so, you know when, when people
1: talk about kids she's really a dog lover you okay. know and they're her babies and so anyway my 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 daughter wants a husky so badly it's ridiculous we've still got to do, get together with the yes, dogs you've got to bring and her so over. she's trying to get a husky backpack and i came across the husky mom shirt i'm like oh my gosh there's so many things for donna in here you know <laughs> so tiny. suffice it to say uh that uh um, being a mom uh, in whatever form it takes is uh, can be stressful, uh, especially as we're, you know, I have to be honest with you, it's stressful in the summer. My mom, you know, is gone now, which I don't know if that's, I mean, she did help with the cooking, but it's a little more peaceful around the house. But I've had a lot more errands to run, uh, laundry to do, dishes to do, things like that. Right. Um, and so with the kids home and my two jobs, uh, it's been pretty crazy this summer. And uh, this mom blows us all out of the water. Mm. Uh, she's from Greeley, Colorado, a uh, uh, beautiful town right up the uh, highway up northeastern Colorado. And not only is she uh, has she battled an illness, which while she was in rehab, the woman, when you hear what they said to her, how she wouldn't be able to take care of her kids again, it'll shock you. Because mm. she fought back from this aneurysm and paralysis. Mother of six, even Went through a divorce during this time and became a single mom. And she is basically an everyday hero.
0: Exteriors have never been so (laughs) concealing.
7: We get a lot of kids in the neighborhood.
0: For Jennifer Flores portrays an image of confidence to her six kids.
7: It it gets exhausting, crazy. It's a blessing. It really is. They keep me going.
0: When the true nature of that confidence is only found.
7: Come on. You want to come inside?
0: Once you go inside.
7: This is actually a really sad picture. It was me trying to feed myself for the first time right after I woke up.
0: This was Jennifer two years ago, minutes after waking up from a drug-induced coma doctors put her in when one of five aneurysms ruptured in her brain. It's heartbreaking. If the condition didn't kill her, she thought the vulnerability would.
7: I started crying and I says, I want to go home to my kids. I just want to go home and see my kids. The therapist looked at me and said, honey, I don't think you're ever going to be able to go home and take care of your kids on your own again.
0: An emotional death sentence for a woman who would endure more surgeries, doctor visits, and a divorce in the next year.
7: It's been tough. Down highs, lows. It's been tough
0: until jennifer bruised both inside
7: and out looked into the eyes of her kids they they need mom and said No more. The best thing I can show my kids right now is it can be done. I fought my way back up from the bottom. I had a stroke. I was paralyzed, went through a divorce, became a single mom of six kids. The most amazing thing is you can show your kids is, look, you keep fighting for what you want. You can get it.
0: Typically, it's kids that look to their mothers for assurance.
7: It's the best thing you can do as a mom.
0: In this family, that notion goes both ways.
7: They're my everything
6: okay so i love my doctor friends but we've got to give patients some hope a little okay. bit of hope you know i mean we got to state the facts of here's I the reality in a back yes here's the reality of your condition but it has been done my cousin sally she was told um, when she was pregnant that her child would not make it and she should terminate and she said I'm going to take what the Lord gives me. So then when her child was born, um, they said he wasn't going to live past the age of 10. He just celebrated his 24th Amen. birthday. And she says, you know what? I love my doctor oh. friends, but they're just practicing That's medicine. Right. Right. Our ultimate physician knows, you know, okay. our days and time and what have you. So it's nice to see that Jennifer got up and she did something about it. She pushed, she pressed, and and she came back, which is Amen. nice.
5: Amen. She had to show that strength because, you know, her kids are looking at her Mm -hmm. like, okay, what is mommy going to do? What would mommy do in this situation? And that's what our kids do. Our kids look at us and she had to show that supernatural strength Mm -hmm. that God had placed inside of her so that she could move forward and show her kids. No, death is not a part of the equation for us today. OK, yep. I'm getting up out of this bed, baby. I'm coming home and your mama is going to be there for you. And see, that's what we that's what we were talking about earlier. Angie, we were talking about how we're portrayed as weak women. OK, but the fact of the matter is we are so much stronger that you just said it. Doing the things that you had to do with with Mark's cousin, and his little brother, you had to show a strength okay, that you may not have wanted to show. We all as women have to show that strength because there's people watching us that will get encouragement just from us being the strength the strong people that we're supposed to be
1: and you know we're there to serve others like if you're yes. there and you can help in any way if you can watch the kids or take them outside mm-hmm. or you know do whatever you need to do that's what we're there to do to serve them and I was fine until I was sitting uh, you know all these fire chiefs and fire battalion this guy and that guy were coming up to Christy and Chrissy and bringing her various things and I was standing right next to her next to the grave and the coffin was above the hole with no skirt, and the kids, one of them in particular, oh. flipped out when she saw the hole in the oh, ground yeah, right. and the coffin above right. it, yeah. and the, the kids are it. as young as four, so they're four to in the family, they're a four to a 12, and uh, I... I was fine until the bagpipes started playing Amazing Grace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Chrissy started sobbing and her body was shaking mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I cannot. That's when I just, it was, I, I, I couldn't hold it together anymore. Yeah.
6: I lost it when you sent <sighs> us the call, the final call. The final oh. call. You know, when you text us that, no. I was yeah. just bawling. Oh, yes. and well, you could tell the oh. firefighters, her voice was cracking oh, yes. when yeah. she
1: did the final call mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the tone out, you know, yeah. that the call was over. Yes. Yeah. Well, Pam, you are a blessing to me. I want people to know how to find you and the Bunt Shop—a Christian business owner, a wonderful uh, lady, and friend. Uh, you've always been supportive of me in the show. My very first meeting where I tried to get sponsors, she brought cakes for everyone.
6: Oh wow! Yeah, nice. she did, and she's and got pretty boxes yeah, right here yeah, sitting here. Yeah, I'm like I know. This drooling. one's for my son, but <laughs> yeah. I, oh,
1: next time you come in, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna save some of these for you. Okay, so good. The next show we'll try them. All so right. You can see why I say they're the best ever? Well, how can they find you, Pam?
2: We are in Castle Pines at Castle Pines Parkway and I, 25, just a couple minutes off the highway. And then we are in Highlands Ranch. It's our newest location in the town center. And then in Greenwood Village at University and Orchard. Oh, you got another one there.
1: Relocation. The Bunt Shop, and I'm telling you guys, it's better than any. Uh, you'll see tomorrow. Yeah, I'll bring I'll bring some back. They, it's the best cake I've ever had. Donna, your Jericho Girls website? JerichoGirls.org. Beatrice? com. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Angie. You know, if you're a kid and one of your parents has cancer, a lot of the focus is taken off you as a kid and put on your parent, but also a lot of the finances are put into the treatment of the parent. Well, kids still need to be kids. And so that's where the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation comes in. My friend, Adam Katz, helps the families, helps the kids whose parents are suffering through cancer. Let's say they need help with their tuition or a music class or dance class or art therapy. All of those things are paid for. You can get in touch with Adam. He would love to have your help. How would you like to sponsor a kid for a dance class? And it's a great way for the kid to get away from all that cancer treatment and to be a kid again. So please get in touch with Adam Katz at the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. It's named after his wife whom he lost to cancer. You can contact Adam at 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. you can get more information at For over
6: 120 years the Denver rescue mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to DenverRescueMission.org. DenverRescueMission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ.
1: welcome back to the good news well the good news isn't always pretty but stories of hope and survival and healing that's what you know the the show is about and I think some of the transformations that take place you know uh, at the side of Jesus are really beautiful stories to share Um, I often have friends with me here in the studio and we pretty much call it the good news Angie Austin and friends now because I have so many of my Christian friends join me Beatrice uh, Bruno the drill sergeant of life is here Donna Hetzler is here and also Pam Randall uh, Christian friends authors speakers business Business people and Andy Berger is joining us. And Andy, your story is one of hope. And so, why don't we start by you kind of give us a synopsis of who you are, what you stand for? I know you've written a book that you're shopping around right now, and that you work with at with at risk teens. So, uh, give us a little, you know, uh, kind of synopsis of of you, of Andy.
3: I would love to, Angie. Thank you. Well, God interceded in my life at a very early age. Uh, They wouldn't have called it trafficking back then, but basically from the time I was six months old to the time I was 17, uh, I was severely abused, violated by all immediate family members and extended family members. And at the age of five, I thought it would be best if I took my own life because being six feet under would be better than continuing to live where I lived. And my birth mother made it very clear that my days were numbered anyway. But God met me where I was at, Angie, and He did not let that happen. And though it was a very rough road, ending at 17 when my birth mother tried again to kill me, uh, he, he rescued me, and I promised Him I would do whatever He called me to do. Now, it was, of course, many years later... And when I married my husband, Ed, we both had a desire to help teens on the streets in our area in particular. Central Oregon's high desert spread out, and we noticed that there just wasn't really any place for these kids to go to. And we could feed them, but then what happens? And we could give them clothing, but then what happens? So we created Beulah's Place as a temporary shelter to give them the essential things they need. They have to commit to a contract that says they'll finish high school and get a job. And we help them through that transition from young adulthood into successful living in about a three- to four-month process.
4: Wow. And we
3: are so excited. Yes, we are excited that our kids, we have five in college, a dean student. They're all working, and they are amazing young people, Angie. If you met them, you would never know who slept in a tree or who was, toss out of a car, or any of those things.
1: You know, it's amazing to me how, um, you know, people who come from broken backgrounds, and one of the reasons I wanted Beatrice to be here uh, is because she had a really difficult childhood. I did, too, probably differently than both of you, uh, but a lot of trauma around me and drug use around me and, uh, you know, a brother murdered and a lot of things that uh, I felt God protected me from. But then for me to be the mother I am today and have kids who are growing up with you know, no trauma, no cursing, no alcoholism, no drugs in the house, no thrown plates in the house, nobody punched in the house. Like, it's like a totally different world. And that's the thing that I think is so amazing, is that uh, Jesus can heal you to the point where your home can, can be the antithesis of the home that you were born in.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And That's one of the things I try to do when I travel around the country speaking. To hopefully create greater awareness of our, not just child trafficking issues, but the devastating costs to our country, to our country's future as a result of the unchecked abuse and exploitation that goes on of our kids. And then they're going to replicate where they came from without intercession, or they're going to be lost, or we can do something, you know, like we do in the field and go get these beautiful, peculiar treasures out of the pits like apparently all of us have been in and help them rise up to the future and the hope that God has promised.
1: You know, I love, um, as I'm reading, and I'll let the ladies join in if they have questions, that um, your background so different, it sounds like, from your husband, Ed, because his mom, Beulah, I understand, is who you named the, uh, the home after. And I love it that um, yeah. it says here that if she had one potato, she fed the whole neighborhood. She taught Sunday school for, four, <laughs> for 43 years, and that she gave a love that you want these kids, these homeless teens and these traffic teens, that they deserve to feel that kind of love, too.
3: Absolutely. I didn't actually feel uh, the presence of a mother's love until I was in my 30s when I was at a chapel service, and the speaker was one of those who spoke right to my heart, and it was the beginning of a lot of healing in my life, and then I was actually adopted as an adult about 20 years ago, and that is who I call mom, my adoptive mom, and she said, you know, honey, in her little Texas draw, we don't have much money, but we have a lot of love, (laughs) and She loved me and just passed uh, last week, actually, into heaven. And so um, it was amazing because she wanted me to be able to bring my husband home to a family. Mm. And we do have different backgrounds, that he is the most amazing Mm. human I ever have met. And God, you know, allowed us to be together, to do these things together. And so, um, yes, knowing a mother's love is what we try. We try to be Jesus to these kids. We love without judgment first. Then we figure out the need, and then we create a plan. And we're all adopted, Angie, so it makes sense, right?
1: Well, I love it that you you know, try to love them like Jesus, and that because you didn't experience that, you want these kids to experience that. I think of my friend Beatrice, um, and she said to me once, I wonder where I'd be now in life if I had a Beatrice to mentor me when I was a kid, because she mentors kids now. You two would be two peas in a oh. pod. Yeah, we would. And,
5: and Andy, <laughs> great. Andy, first of all, I'd, I'd like to say just thank you for your testimony. I mean, it's, it's such a, a heart-rendering testimony. But I just saw a picture of you, and girl, I got to tell you, you don't look like what you've been through. No, she okay? doesn't. That's no. Right. Do not look like what you've been <laughs> thank through. You. And thank you so much for it's what all you're Jesus. doing for these young people, because that's needed. And, you know, if not you, who? And so what you're doing is so critical. And and you talk about the the name of the place, Beulah. It's a a, a figuratively of heaven. Okay. But it also means married. Okay. And so you're married to Christ and you want these children to know a relationship with God so that they can not only get through what they've been through, but to go even further. And I, I just applaud you for that, girl. God bless you.
3: Well, thank you, Beatrice. You too. We we all have to do this together. It really does take all of us Amen. to make sure that even one who is lost has that opportunity. And many of our kids come to know the Lord, even though we're a public charity uh, all the volunteers are faith-based. Nobody gets paid. We're here because we have the passion of God Amen. in our life, and we want to make sure, if there's any chance, like you just said, that these kids get to know that somehow.
1: Amen. I want to take one step back. So, um, obviously, your you know, childhood was ho- was horrible and painful, uh, the sex abuse, and, you know, family not looking out for you and kind of passing you around uh, to the family. How did you get out? And you said God wouldn't let it happen, that even by the age of five, you would have rather been dead than continue to be abused the way you're being abused. How did um, you find Christ? How did you find hope?
3: Well, that's a great, great story, I have to tell you, Uh, because Somehow we were taking to church on occasion, because my birth mother did go to church on occasion, which is also another confusing part of childhood, and a lot of our kids are confused about church and God, because many of them have been hurt, but on one particular Sunday, I was very, very small for my age, I was probably four or five, and the last time I remember going as a child, I saw this beautiful vision of this woman in the courtyard speaking to a gentleman who was taller, she had gorgeous blonde hair, and big blue eyes, and she was just lit up and glowing, and I remember hearing her say that Jesus loved all the children, all his children, and that's why she was so happy, and in my little pea brain as a child, I was like, I want to be happy, I want to be loved like she's being loved, because she was just so beautiful, like an angel, and really, when I looked up into the big sky, when I sat on the curb before I, I was trying to you know, run out in front of a car to end my life, I looked up at the sky, and somehow, Angie, God reached my heart, and He said, this isn't the way, Hmm. but I will take care of you. And so I made that promise as a 5-year-old, not really knowing how much pain would be ahead, but I always trusted that there was a bigger God out there that was bigger than everything happening to me. So I decided if I lived, I won, and if I died, then they won. So it's kind of primal in a way.
1: Yeah. But at that age, simplistic in, you know, black and white, you know, die or stay alive. Um, You win, they win. And then obviously you and Jesus won, and you went on to help other kids who were uh, feeling the same desperation you felt. And then at what age did you leave, and did you have siblings who were also abused with you, and where are they if you did
3: Yes. I am not sure where my birth brother is at this moment. Um, he had a different perspective of God. He left the home to go to college and basically didn't come back. Uh, left me, which I understand now. At the time, I didn't. And he has a punishing view of God, because my birth mother would always hold up a black Bible and use that as her authority to do the things she did to us. And so he, he got a different view. And after uh, quite a few years, he just never communicated with me. So I'm not really sure where he is. But I left, I left the home at 19, and I know people might say, well, why'd you stay there so long? Well, when you're 18, you may be a legal adult, but mentally and emotionally you can still be controlled by the things that have happened to you. And so I didn't have the means to go anywhere. So it took me till I was 19, and then I left and tried to have a relationship as an adult with my perpetrators, basically, my birth parents, but it never really worked out. So at that point, I just had to give it up to the Lord. And I forgave them, which was a process. Actually, he forgave them through me. I wouldn't have done it on my own, to be honest. Yeah. But he did. And it freed me up to go and be who he wanted me to be. And I threw myself into education and into careers. And that's how I got my affirmation in the world.
1: And then how did you learn to be a loving mother yourself so you leave at nineteen Try to have a relationship with them, and that's a hard thing for some people to uh, understand. You know, honoring your mother and father doesn't necessarily does, does not say honor your mother and father and let them continue to abuse you. Mm-hmm. Honoring them can be forgiving them and moving on with your life. You don't have to have a relationship with people uh, that hurt you. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of people exactly. are, well, it's your mom, it's your dad. No, 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 no. Honor them and forgive them, and and you can. You're allowed to move on. And uh, I, I'm just curious how you then were able to learn and show love to your own children and to these girls that you help, these teenagers you help.
3: I believe that I was a work in progress on that, and as the Lord began to heal the layers in my early 30s, I made a poor choice in marriage uh, when I was 28, married somebody that looked safe and sound on the outside, but on the inside was not. And after a divorce, and having come just with God and myself, I learned who he was experientially, not just in my head, like a blind childlike trust, but as a provider, comforter, friend. And in that, I finally felt his love. I mm-hmm. finally felt what real love was. And when I felt that, it changed my perspective. I didn't have to be the best, the fastest, you know, whatever it was I was pursuing. I was so driven, and suddenly... I felt something I had never known in my heart, and I went and I saw all of the brokenness in this world, and I thought, I have got to do something besides write a check or, you know, donate time, because I didn't have a lot. And so I think through that, I started helping kids uh, that were, who had parents in halfway houses. I started helping teenagers Because somebody said, hey, can you pray with this kid, or could you take them out and, you know, have some pizza? And it was a gradual progression. And I think by the time I married my husband 17 years ago, he also had that vision and a dream. And together the Lord partnered us up so that we could do something. But it took a traumatic brain injury in 2008 for us to get it going, because I suddenly could not work I didn't have any memory for a year. And in my heart, though, I wanted to do something. And so the Lord just used that time to say, step out in faith, Andy. Step out, and I will take care of the rest. And that's really to help you this place get started.
1: Wow. All right. Um, Donna's jumping in here. Uh, She's an author and speaker, uh, and (laughs) she would like to ask you a question. Again, um, the book right now that uh, Andy's just written, uh, if you're just joining us— uh, Andy Berger, is talking about uh, surviving her basically they didn't call it then uh, sex trafficking then but uh, what it was uh, Mm -hmm. she experienced as a child and uh, they have a nonprofit where they help uh, at-risk teens Beulah's Place and the book that she's just written is called A Fragile Thread of Hope that she's shopping right now to um, have published and uh, Donna jump in
6: yeah Andy I've got a question for you so I run a uh, growing network of women called the Jericho Girls and we meet to break down walls and some of the things when we get into to intimate conversations we get into this childhood stuff and we find out you know that many of us have been abused in one way or another and last year at our conference overwhelmed uh, there was a typical woman just like the rest of us that was sitting in the crowds that I later found out that she was held in a cage and uh, trafficked and so i'm just wondering in your opinion for those of us you know who are trying to reach out to women who are trying to help in these situations is there something particular we can look for any signs that we might see that you know could help us to reach out and help somebody in that situation
3: That is a a great question because that happens even when I I speak around the country. Sometimes I'll have someone. I literally had a lady who was 75 years old. She had never told anyone she had been violated in the church at the age of five, and yet she had great grandkids, you know, and she didn't know what to do. We don't look like abused people most of the time. You can't just pick somebody out. But when, when there is someone like that, I really rely on the wisdom of, of Christ in my heart to know what to do. The first thing is always love them. hug them if they're willing to let you, uh, but just let them know that you're there to listen and to be compassionate, and then have some resources, whether uh, you have counselors available or you're available to talk to someone and let them vent a little bit, or you can point them in the direction of a phone number or someplace at church or another organization that could really help them. But what I find most important is to create a platform of trust first and foremost yes. because I wouldn't have let anyone near me. I would have been surface with them, but I wouldn't have let anybody into my intimate side mm-hmm. unless I could really trust them. And the Lord really had to heal that in me to do that.
1: You know, I if think that makes sense. I think yes. that um, I so admire your ability to forgive and when you said, Um, You know, the the Lord gave you that forgiveness. He forgave them through you or for you, but you couldn't have done it on your own. And I just have seen so many instances where people aren't able to find that forgiveness, and it it ruins your life. And you're able to be such um, an effective um, person. ambassador for christ if you're healed and in the case of these young people that have been violated and abused and hurt and haven't felt the love when they come to beulah's place uh, because you uh, were able to experience that forgiveness your heart is able to love them the way they may have never experienced love and I, I find that so beautiful um, you know I never cease to be amazed at the life stories and the testimonies of uh, Christ changing healing helping hoping and you're the type of person that these kids will believe in and trust because you've been in their shoes again uh, the uh, organization, Beulah's Place. It's in Oregon. We have a beautiful affiliate in Portland. Lo- we love Oregon. The book, A Fragile Thread of Hope, that'll hopefully be out soon. You want to send us to a website?
3: Yes, it's
1: www.beulahsplace.org. Yeah. Thank you. God bless you, Andy. I want to have you back, and we'll talk about some of your success stories coming out of Beulah's Place, okay?
3: That would be awesome, Angie. Thank you so much. God bless you, ladies.
1: We'll be right back. Thanks, ladies.
4: Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies. But I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA the Rockies. YMCA the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC Ambassadors.
6: A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human. Human being, we have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shine. And I think that Ark has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. Like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the
4: Ark store near you at ArkThrift.org.
6: It's a nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for, and a great place to shop.
4: And remember, every Saturday you get 50% off most items in the store.
1: Hello, Angie Austin here, along with Dr. Joe Arve, and you may have heard Dr. Joe and I talking yesterday. I just got back from Chicago a couple of days back, and uh, we were discussing my 38-year-old cousin. My husband grew up with him, and just a love bug, and uh, it was neat to see, you know, what you leave behind, Dr. Joe, the legacy Mm -hmm. that you better be careful what you sow, because, boy, he he was a good one, Mm -hmm. and he, when he decided he couldn't take the pain anymore of the cancer. Mm-hmm. Said I, 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 He told my husband, I always tried to be a good man. I said, well, that's one thing he never has to have regrets about right. because he lived his life so well. Mm-hmm. And so after seeing his six and nine-year-old there, um, and then, as all the fire trucks went by, he was a firefighter. Right. They were standing on the side of the road as all these fire trucks went by, and we went by his firehouse, and all the men saluted the fire truck that his coffin was mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and they had all his gear out in front, mm-hmm. and the, he was so loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually bumped into someone who said, "Oh, you're here for the uh, Sean's funeral." She goes, "Why can't they take the crummy ones? He was a good one." <laughs> and I was like, "You're right." She didn't use quite that terminology, but I, on the no. radio, I can't. people don't said. talk like that. Yeah, yeah. You don't use the word crummy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. She said it with that Chicago accent, too. Yeah, so, you should. <laughs> I even more understand the passion for getting people healthy. And you've got a big vitamin event that my listeners can come to for free, is my understanding.
8: Exactly. Uh, so Saturday, uh, August 26th uh, at 10 o'clock, I'm going <laughs> to bring some... Um, I'm going to get rid of the confusion and the expense of vitamins. Uh, because people are hoping that vitamins are going to save their life. And yes, there is a time and place for vitamins. But the problem is we walk through the with the stores that hold vitamins and cuz everybody's got them from from Costco to Vitamin Cottage everybody and we read the label and go, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I want that. And I'm guilty. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, that cleans the this oh, and that does well, yeah. the that. This does the this and the hoo-ha and the hee-hee. Yeah, I'll take a little nice hair for, for you know, I'll <laughs> take some hair and some skin. More energy. And, and some fat burner. Good and, nails. And some, yeah, nails and some better mood. Oh, I'll, hey, better sleep. Yeah, I can use it. that. yeah, yeah. And then then we have what I call the $1,000 vitamin cabinet, which we know we all have. I got it, I got it, I got it. And the yes. bottles are sitting there. And, and here's the thing. You realize that over half that stuff isn't, it's having a toxic reaction, a negative reaction in your body, not a positive one. Because here's the thing, people need to understand that they're all like combination locks. So you all have numbers, but your combination to unlock your body to health and healing is different than my combination lock. So, for instance, somebody may say, oh, I started drinking kombucha, and I lost 50 pounds, and this is the greatest thing in the world. And then somebody else drinks kombucha, and they gain 50 pounds. Right. Well, for this person's body who lost weight, kombucha was a necessary nutrient the body needed to unlock health. And the other person, ah. kombucha was. I'm just using paraphrasing. It's like
1: every key for every
8: door is different. Every and your key. key may be different than another person's key. Exactly, but you keep reading the the outside of the bottle, saying okay, but we don't realize what's on the inside. Is that nutrient actually even a? Does your body even need it? B. Has that vitamin been over processed so that you? It, so it's not even doing you any good. Because here's another here's another issue they do they do all the research. Let's say on an organic broccoli, right? but then you put it in a microwave for an hour. Oh, my goodness. Good point. Right, and what comes out is not the same broccoli that went in. Right, that went in. But uh, but all the statistics and all the research and all the doctor's testimonials is on the organic broccoli, but what's eventually ends up in the bottle, you know, the capsule, the yes, vitamin. Yes, When you put it in your body, your body is like, what is this? It doesn't even recognize it, and therefore when it doesn't recognize it, it has a toxic or what we like to say a brown grass-making process. Yes. So when you hear all these research articles come out saying, well, vitamins don't work. They actually make cause problems. Yeah, because there was no life or no food in, or no electrical positive energy charge, if you would, in that. So, um, we're doing a workshop called Vibin 101 so that you can, A, take out the confusion, literally cut your vitamin bill in half. I mean, when, when we do have vitamins in our office, but it's not the, the main thing we do in our office. And when it's time for somebody, after they've cleaned up their diet, because, again, if you're eating McDonald's every day and drinking Diet Coke and doing and doing lots of su- sugary donuts and you're expecting that vitamin D to, to fix all that, yeah. it's not going to happen. Right. So we're going to teach you how to have the right vitamins for if you're a female, if you're a male, for children how to literally know whether you're getting the right vitamins or not how to test to know for sure that what you're taking is actually p- producing the results you want to see and if you're not in denver you can still find and watch a lot of yes. dr joe's events where on our spine geek youtube channel all the videos are there so go there if you want to come and get signed up for your free tickets you got to call now because seats are going fast 303-349-6011 or go to our spine geek facebook page and sign up that way god bless you thank you friends thank you
4: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?